Two undead girls are back. Finally. Season two, episode one. We're so excited. And we took a break back in November to help Molly make it through her first D-Day, um, which we can explain later. We made it. Um, but we made it. And she made it. And that was really all that's important. But we also needed a break for the holidays because... The it, holidays are just a sore subject in general like it's just a rough time and we're struggling mentally and just exhausted but we are back and damn i feel like we have a lot to catch you up on yeah (laughs) there wasn't that long of a period of time but i feel like i feel like a lot's happened so much happens just in our day-to-day lives like it's insane to even cover all of it we especially want to thank everyone that checked in on us so i don't think we really took into consideration the heavy or just the weight of the things that we talk about um and i want to say the the fact that we had complete strangers that were genuinely checking on us and making sure that we were loved and then they you know were missing us and just checking just checking to see if we were okay in general during our little hiatus meant so much because it really just made us feel loved and appreciated and we love you so much. We love you. Um, we did ask a few things, though, on our story a couple times. We we were kind of ghost for a little while. But we tried to let you guys know we were coming back, but we just weren't very consistent we with it. We were that was terrible. Our Sorry about that. Um, but we asked y'all a few times what y'all wanted to hear about. And I feel like I tried to, in the best way possible, we tried to, like, combine the majority of the questions that we got into one question because it kind of all revolved around the same topic and most of that is just like how can you properly and adequately be there for someone you love with mental health illness or with mental illness if you haven't experienced yourself so i think a lot of these questions were coming from people that probably are surrounded or have loved ones that have mental illness in some way shape or form um but they don't understand it yeah they've never had they've never experienced they've it, never so experienced it's kind of hard it. for them to wrap their head around when you try and explain how it feels to you and i found it interesting that people f- asked us people with mental illness <laughs> to explain that um but after we sat down and talked about it a little bit, we were like, you know, it's not really fair for us to fully ex- expect people to understand. Right. Um, and so we thought about it longer. We were like, that is a really great topic. So Molly had the wonderful idea of naming this episode. I'll be there for you. Because, you know, when you want to be there for somebody and you don't know how, we're here to help. Yeah. So I let's mean, get the ball rolling. You want to kick it off? Well, I was just going to say the more I sit here and think about it, I think that is actually a good question to ask people who have mental illness because most likely they have done research on their own diagnoses so they can give you good resources on how to understand. For sure. No, I think at first I thought like, why are they asking <laughs> me 
Like, why, why are they asking me? Uh, like, I don't know. But then that's why, that's why this list started becoming longer and longer because the more we thought about it, we were like, no, never mind. That does make sense. Like, yeah. Who would know better than the people that have dealt with it, dealt with <laughs> it and deal with it. So we came up with lots of good tips and just kind of things to live by, especially if you haven't ever dealt with a mental illness or you haven't ever been through grief or you have any kind of like extreme trauma trauma of any sort if you've never experienced that we do have quite a list that we kind of compiled together that should help you get a better understanding hopefully yeah uh, I think the first one we have is research research is very important and as someone who loves researching things she really uh, does, y'all. It's kind of weird. It is. I like the. I have to look something up. Like, oh, once again, guys. Once again, guys. I apologize for the loud truck noises. I don't want to offend anybody by saying something. So, I just apologize for all the small penis men that drive by in their loud trucks. Yeah, it's really it's harsh in our five guys. Like every time you want to. <laughs> Feed by the house. But we're at a talking about serious shit right now. <laughs> we're, at a, we're at a four-way intersection, so that does not help. So, um, yeah, number one, research. Like I was saying, I love researching things, and especially if it's something related to mental health, because I've kind of gotten to a point, like, as I've gone through my journey with my issues and everything, I really enjoy reading about it because it helps me gain a sense of clarity. I was about to say it becomes really interesting because you can relate and you're yeah. like, oh, that's why. Like yeah. that makes sense. And it's very clarifying. Yeah. And you can let go of guilt of some things that you thought you were just like, that was who you were. And maybe you considered yourself a shitty person for it, but it turns out, you know, it was that all along. And there's tons of resources. I mean, you've got books, you've got websites you've got blogs you've got i mean there's so many resources out there it's insane and the thing too I, I also going back to the original question because we are supposed to be targeting this to the people that haven't experienced it yeah so going back to that i understand that that sometimes seems like a taxing or frustrating things research sounds really you know intense literally when it comes to mental health it's 2023 now it could take a two second google search for you to just get a tiny bit of clarity yeah and that's also what i mean like it doesn't even like yeah you don't do it search it on <laughs> search it on social media i'm not saying social media is the best research in the world but there are several things out there that are like how to better understand somebody that you love with adhd or bpd or or trauma or that's been through you know whatever it, it, whatever it is just there's lots of research out there and really honestly the best the best way in my opinion is to ask like that yeah. leads into number two kind of but like ask questions to better understand we aren't <laughs> i think this is the funny thing is that the stigma around mental health is by the people that haven't experienced it. Yeah, because the people that do experience it or have experienced it, we're totally open to talking about it because to us, that's our life. That's our norm. Yeah. 
And if it is going to help a situation with, you know, somebody else better. That's why we made this podcast. I mean, that was literally so that we could help you guys understand and feel less lonely. But when it comes to someone from the other side that doesn't understand it, it really does like ask us. It's okay. It's even okay to say, you know, what are your diagnoses? If somebody said that to me, I would be like, thank you for asking, because that means that they care enough that they're going to take that information and mm -hmm. probably research it. And that's what my brain does, you know, like, so I am all for communicating. Don't be scared to ask people. Don't be scared to ask, you know, questions about what it is that they've experienced or why it is the way that or why they lash out the way they do or why, yeah. you know, ask. It's okay. We probably have an answer. We're just not, you know, word vomit. We're also um, not licensed therapists or psychiatrists no. either. So, you know, we might not explain it in the best way possible, but we'll explain it in a way that you can understand. Like, And I don't necessarily, like, mean ask us either. Like, ask whoever it is, your loved one that, has mental illness or is going through whatever they're going through ask them talk to them about it don't be scared because that stigma is in your head it's not in theirs i yeah. promise you yeah we have no issues talking about it most people i know that have mental illness or struggle with mental health at all have no issue talking about it well, yeah, we sit and like compare notes. Like it's like little weird, little like we have a we <laughs> neurodivergent club. Quite a bunch of friends in this mental health club. Communicating mm, number three. Communicating triggers is also yeah. a really good thing, especially if you're if this is a close friendship or a relationship, a relationship. or somebody even your you know family. Not even family. That's as important. Well somebody maybe you're just starting to see but like if you have a more extreme triggers than others you might want to let them know but then you know there's there's lots of different people that you can communicate it to but communicating those is very important and also if they have any it's important to know those as well because you don't want to set each other off and also for those that don't know much about mental health not every mental illness comes with triggers right it's usually um, that's trauma not, yeah that's mainly trauma and more like what me and molly have gone through in certain situations hers being more built from her childhood like we've talked about in the past and mine being more just like one specific incident but either way it is so important to tell people your triggers because i don't think like for me for example me and weddings me trying to go to a wedding now, I literally was just telling Molly this morning, it, it, you might as well, I'm not going anymore. Don't send me an invitation. I can't go. I am officially banned from weddings by myself or by, from myself because I, they're such a trigger for me. They make me extremely emotional. I have panic attacks. I can't, it, it's very emotional and I need to stop saying Yes, of course I'll come to your wedding. And then making a fool out of myself by sobbing so loud that the preacher hears you. And just start communicating to these people. Like, hey, I love you and I want to support you and I would love to be there for you on this day. But, you know, this is very triggering for me. And 
I won't be able to make it. I'll come to the reception. I'll come to the reception <laughs> and I will have a good time and I'll bring you a present, I promise. But I cannot sit through the ceremony. Just something like that. Yeah, it's it's that simple. Just like having an open line of communication, period. Um, but especially if you deal with mental health stuff. And then also along the same trauma lines, I think learning how each person... That one sounds like a fart. <laughs> Do you see what we deal with here? That was terrible. Okay. Um, like learning how your loved one responds to trauma is important because that's ex- that's something I've had to learn. I've had to learn myself and I've learned like me and Molly's panic attacks, for example, are completely different. I shut down, zone out, not here. And, you know, hers are more physical physical you know actual heart racing like hard to breathe like yeah. you know you feel like, like you're choking and i found that those are so different but that if you don't tell somebody that people expect a panic attack to kind of be like a hyperventilating kind of freaking out thing but not everybody's are like that and even if so, people's are like that i've seen hers be the opposite more like mine mm-hmm. you know like they they come in so many different forms and i've realized that i can't just expect my family to know who's probably i don't know if anybody in my family has ever even had a panic attack i cannot expect them to know what that, what feels, that like. feels like or looks like especially from the outside and so i think especially at work sooner after Alan had passed I just remember lots of times being like uh like hearing you know my mom or my sisters being like you know she's checked out I think it's you know it's time it wasn't that I had checked out I was internally having a panic attack and it was like until it got to the point where I could communicate I could understand that so that I could communicate that to them then they could understand better but it's it's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to learn yourself, but we will always be happy to help you understand it. And when I say us and you, I mean us as in anybody that you love or anybody out there with mental illness struggles in the same way we do. But you've got to be patient with us because we, as we learn, we are happy to share what we're going through and what would make our journey easier and all of that thing that stuff for somebody who is dealing with someone with mental illnesses more so I believe than the other way around um because like sometimes we don't always know quite what it is that's going on yet and so until and it can be frustrating like I know I frustrate myself so I know it's frustrating to somebody else but just having a little bit of patience is can go such a long way. I mean, it is the other way around too, because I think that a lot of times we, as in people who have gone through trauma or mental illness, don't know necessarily. It's a learning journey for us. It is a journey of figuring out what is what and, you know, what actually feels, what triggers us, what actually fuels the fire like what it is that is causing this whatever diagnosis you have and so as we learn i feel like we necessarily aren't the most patient with our loved ones either 
because I feel like they're like, you know, what's going on? What, you know, what? It, and we're like, I don't know. Can you like, but it's like patience both ways. Cause but we're, we're, not, patient we're with not ourselves. We're not trying to snap at you. I promise. We're trying to figure our shit out. <laughs> it's, it's a hot mess in there. We're trying to figure all that out. Okay. So the next one's let them know you sympathize, but don't try to make a connection if you can't relate. This is very important because in my specific situation with my husband passing away, people sympathizing with me and saying, you know, I'm so sorry. That was very sweet. And I accepted that. But when people would try to make a connection, whether it be their dog dying, their dog dying, their divorce, their, you know, whatever it may be. And sometimes I, I can't lie. I would even get offended sometimes when the like older widows would try to give their input. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily fair, but just at that time in my life when older widows were trying to tell me, I'm like, can you stop? Cause you got 60 years with your husband. You know, you know what I mean? I had that attitude you and that was, angry. I was still angry and it just wasn't fair. But also I think it's very important to know if you are dealing with someone that has any kind of mental illness, any kind of diagnosis, please tell them, you know, that you're here for them. You don't understand what's going on, but that you are open to listen and, and want to learn more and that you will try to be there for them however they want. And I think that's the, the best, best you can do. They can be, that they can be too. Yeah. Yeah. And some, that kind of leads into something that I was talking to her about the other day is like, I've seen people try and make a connection with someone who has a mental illness because they've self-diagnosed themselves with a mental illness via Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, mainly TikTok's bad about that, like signs of blah, blah, blah. And like, it's almost like it's a trend to have a mental illness now. So I feel like, and there's people out there that I've had conversations with and they've been like, it's almost like they're trying to out mental illness you because you'll like be mm -hmm. talking about it. And then it's like, I totally feel that they like, like, well, I have blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, it's, it's so much like if you don't have it clinically diagnosed by a psychiatrist, don't, don't say you have it because. And I will say though, based off that self-diagnosis can, is not always the worst. Self-diagnosis is okay sometimes, but please see a psychiatrist or a, per, a professional doctor before claiming to have something. Right. That's the issue. A lot of our diagnoses, we knew we had those before we went in to see the psychiatrist. We had done our research. We figured that out ourselves. Like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that when you find your husband dead, that you're going to have PTSD. Like right. I knew that that was a possibility and I knew that that was probably what I was going through, but I still was not out here claiming I had it until I got treated, was on medication for it, was actually diagnosed. Like it is, it's becoming a little trendy and it's, it's kind of annoying. Yeah, for sure. Also kind of good, just going back to what I was saying earlier about like our outburst not being at you, like when someone you love is struggling and they don't, and they have an outburst or they scream at you or whatever it is, please know they're not mad at, they're not mad at you. It's not directed at no. you. It's not. And, and that may not always be the case, but I can guarantee at least 
80% of the time, it's not towards you. We're mad that this is our life. We're mad that this is what we have to go through. We're not mad at you. We're mad, we're mad about the cards that we were dealt in life that we just don't feel like are fair. And that's not your fault. And that's something that I think people with mental illness like us, that's something we learn. But I think talking to like our people that do have mental illness, I want to say to you guys, sometimes you have to clarify that. Yeah. You can't expect people to know what this life is like when they haven't lived it. You need to clarify. I'm so sorry that I yelled at you earlier. I'm not mad at you. I am mad that I am a solo parent. You know, like it it could be something simple as that. I'm mad that I'm just mad at life right now. And it's hard sometimes because it's like you have to you feel almost ashamed like you that you have to apologize because once again that stigma but it's like you know you acted in a way that you normally wouldn't and i can't even think of the words that i'm looking for like you kind of have to suck it up and be like this was why i had this outburst and i apologize and that's really just hard to do sometimes because it's a hard it's a hard thing to just vocalize. Yeah. And there's been plenty of times where I've personally been guilty of just being like, I'm just going to sweep that one under the rug and pretend like that didn't happen. But I'm sure the people that we outburst towards don't forget that didn't happen. So it's never too late to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry that my attitude has been off towards you or my, you know, mental state has not been very consistent but i'm going through a lot and most of the time they know that yeah it's just clarification moving on to our next one please do not question our medications and or how much we take we are seeing professionals um uh, <laughs> like a psa it i know but, but really. it, it it is the almost because it's People will question you. I, I know like if you do have mental illness, I'm sure this has happened to you at least once, um, especially if you take any type of controlled substances. People are going to be like, they're going to be like, hmm. Like I've, I've, I've had people pass judgment because oh, of the easily. medications I'm on. And they'll be like, what do you take? And I'm like, well, uh, 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 for my pan- panic attacks. Well, you know, that's dangerous. And I'm like, uh, uh. I'm prescribed it and I don't abuse it. Like, right. I get very like nervous. I'm like, but also from the other aspect, you know, you've called me out several times of being guilty of that. And that comes from my fear of how Alan died. Yeah. And I, you know, I think there's been several times when somebody's been like, oh, yeah, but I have a like anti anxiety medication that I take daily. Uh, and I'll be like, well, what do you take? And Molly will kind of look at me like, mm-hmm, yeah, just be asking people what they take. Like, and I'm like, I, I just want to make sure they're safe. Like, um, and so I, I am guilty of that at some point, but, but that the circles big back one, around to a trigger too. It, yeah. I mean, and I communicate that with them immediately. I'm like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have asked that, but let me tell you why. Like, and I always educate people and tell them why afterwards, but I can't tell you how many people have passed judgment on us for, 
our Adderall prescriptions or our clonopin prescriptions or antidepressants or in general in anything like yeah I take quite a few medications a day but you know what they keep me sane so you should be thankful I had somebody one time that was like how many pill bottles do you have in there and I was like wow that's harsh yeah Sometimes I can't zip my pill bottle back, lady. Um, no. It just depends on if I'm, maybe I'm on antibiotics that week. You don't know my life. I'm not. Karen. I'm not happy that I'm on this many medications. So we're going to move on to the next one. <coughs> well, Nina chokes to death. Um, not to death. <laughs> um, please do not consider our mental health issues or vice versa baggage and a lot of these next ones i want to say i had relationships and dating more in mind well kind of both of us when we were putting both of these together because they were coming from that aspect of like dating with mental illness or getting to know new people or starting relationships slash friendships slash whatever they are i can't tell you how many people have been like oh. Yeah, a widow with two kids. That's that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. I've had the people... life that I didn't get to choose is now being considered baggage. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it feels really not great. Um, and it's not like it's something that we can help either. It's like people have baggage that they can go and see a therapist for years and might not be able to get rid of all of it. Like there's just some things that are so deeply embedded that you are going to have to deal with it the rest of your life. And that's something to take into consideration also when like dating someone. And I gotta be honest, I stopped, I like stopped talking to somebody because they had too much baby mama drama, but like, now that's baggage. That <laughs> And I kind of felt unfair because I'm like, you know, it's not his fault. It's not like, but then I was like, he doesn't have to talk about it this much. And he doesn't have to like, like he's, he's feeding into it. So I was like, it's, it, it, at that point it is baggage. Mine is just my life. Yeah. Like, and maybe baby mama drama was just his life at the time. Maybe I was passing judgment, but like, I, it, that. I don't know there was a difference in my opinion yeah like I don't think it should exclude someone like if you really like someone I really don't think it should exclude them from you know of whether or not you want to date them that shouldn't be like a deciding factor because you know they can also have a lot of other great factors but you hear those words you know mental illness or whatever and people skedaddle real fast before even really getting to know you but wait hold up because I just had a thought, like, coming from our point of view and some of the guys that we have dealt with in situationships, friendships, relationships, we also need to stop considering it baggage. We as in people with mental illness. Yeah, for sure. Not just the other side considering us baggage like a yeah, lot of times we we go into situations or friendships knowing or feeling like we have so much baggage and i constantly tell myself like if i start feeling that way i'm like uh-uh nina your kids are not baggage 
your husband is not baggage. Like these are not things that are baggage. This is things that somebody will accept if they want. And if they don't want, they won't accept and we won't be together. We won't have a friendship. We won't whatever, you know? So, um, sometimes that's in their head too. And I've, I've dealt, I've met a lot of guys that are like, I'm not ready because I've got too much I need to work on or whatever. Um, like we don't have stuff we have to work on on our own like we're <laughs> it kills me when guys say that they're like i really want to work on myself before i get in a relationship and i'm like oh well maybe i'm doing this backwards thing because i plan on working on myself for the you know extent of my life so yeah um you can't let that hold you back from dating finding a good person finding yeah. a good friend whatever it is um, also, this is the easiest tip that I tell people, especially when, you know, Molly likes to call me the widow whisperer sometimes, because a lot of times widows come to me and ask me for advice on different things. And, and don't be scared to approach us for clarification as well. Like it, we yes, know, we know please. it's not easy to understand. And if you're not understanding it and feel some type of way about it, come to us and ask for clarification because please 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 it makes things, things can be so taken so easy wrong. and it can be a con i mean we've both experienced things where it could be a conversation that lasted two minutes of clarification that ends up turning into an argument the last two days yeah and, and for why yeah because you can just say hey like you said this the other day and I don't know, like, is, are you like, are you going through something or is this, and that can be like, oh my gosh, I don't even like, you know, I may have said that, but it, in my head, it didn't come off the way it came off to them. Like you've got to be open in your communication because if I say something and it offends somebody, like my sister did this the other day. She was really good about like texting me after I said something at the store and was like, I just wanted to clarify, like, is this like, is this what you like, is this what you really want to do? Or is this what, just what you're saying? And I was like, oh my gosh, no. Like it was such an easy conversation that we were able to just match up and say, no, that's not, that's not at all what I was doing. I was trying to connect with the customer. Like, no. And like, boom, nipped in the bud. Like, the people that don't do that are the ones that make it, they spiral in their head. They let it go on for so long when half the time, if it's something we said out of anger or stress or a long day, we might not even remember we said it. Yeah. We not, we might not have even noticed it phased you in the way it phased you. Yeah. Cause words can come across, especially like in, if you're more of a texter than a talk on the phone person, it's hard to, tell somebody's tone over message and so things can get interpreted wrong and so sometimes even asking for clarification like in that way like hey you know can you clarify what you mean by this mm -hmm. sentence or whatever a little bit more so i understand where you're coming from or what you're trying to get across but so many people nowadays are just like i'm sorry what and like immediately get offended instead of being like maybe she didn't mean that the way i think she means right it, you know um but also out of anger that happens a lot in anger too like 
you'll say things out of anger, whether it's towards the person, whether it's towards the situation, whether it's towards whatever, you'll say something out of anger. And a lot of times, you know, I don't know. I've said things out of anger that I don't even remember what I said. Oh, yeah. And then it's gotten thrown back in my face or told to me later. And I'm like, I, I'm, I, I said that. Like, I'm like, if I said that, I was genuinely not thinking, obviously. Or I was also just being completely inconsiderate. Like, I, I don't even remember why I would have said that. But that's what happens when we trauma block or when we get angry or when we feel triggered we won't just sometimes say shit that is off the wall or just yeah and sometimes it's a trauma response as well yeah because if you have like for me my like we've said you know my ptsd goes back to my childhood i have complex ptsd so mine started like a long time ago and it's kind of just piled up along the way um, you know her pre-pre-trauma yeah the pre-pre-trauma <laughs> going back to that um but it's like things like that even once again i forgot what what i was trying to say story of my life i even things like that she tends to what she was gonna say is go back to where she goes back to 10 years ago she goes back you know 15 years ago whatever yeah and for example her first moving here she was not used to you know she had had years of trauma from her childhood and the pre-trauma and she just had a hard time with loud noises i still do i mean that's gonna be one thing we are a loud fucking family i mean and we're just used to that that my dad has yelled from the kitchen from since we were kids and we just he would yell so loud so that we could hear him upstairs in our bedroom and he wasn't yelling because he was mad i mean literally it was like dinner's ready but it's like so loud because he wanted us to hear it because he didn't want to have to say it 14 times and he's still like this to this day and every time he screams from downstairs molly jumps a little bit and i'm like i (laughs) and she laughs i mean you know like she knows he's not like that's just he's gonna be who he is but it's so funny because it it's the things that you don't even know yeah sometimes you don't even know it until it happens 20 years later and you're like wow that was definitely a trauma response. Yeah, and then you look back at it, and it's like the things, like my the fact that I startle as easily as I do, or not even yelling in general, like loud noises, like something getting slammed, or you know, setting. If you set a cup down too hard, I'm gonna think something's wrong. Like it's the littlest She's things sometimes. Like it, I constantly think I have done something wrong. I like wake and up after a bad been like night of sleep life. and come upstairs and she's immediately like, what's wrong? Are you mad? What, what did I do? And I'm like, I literally just woke up and I got two hours of sleep. But that could just Why do you from... think that I'm mad at you? It, this is the first a... time I've seen you this morning. Like, how lifetime, could I be mad at you? It's, a, it's from a lifetime of living on walking on literal eggshells. Yeah. And it that's that's hard to break it's I'm I'm trying really hard and working with my therapist on it and um but it takes it takes a long time and I do I think part of my healing process is needing to let go of the resentment that I hold for having those traumas Mm -hmm. and how they've messed me up in into my 30s now um 
And, but it's just like, I want those who did that to, I want them to feel accountable. I want them to understand what, how much they did, but sometimes that's not a reality. It's, it's, you have to just let it go and make peace with that. They're never going to care. They're never going to think that they had anything to do with it. Especially if you come from, you know, parents with mental disorders of their own, you know, it can, that they won't see it as them doing any they didn't do anything wrong or especially like our parents just in general not like our parents our generation's parents i guess i should say that mental illness was barely talked about and rarely treated right and so to them they're like if i made it through you'll you'll be fine and that's not that's not the case that's not how it should be yeah um and that also reminds me of the what do you have to be depressed about oh question? my god nothing like if you if you want really want to set me off that's the one question that will do it or the what what gave you anxiety bitch life what do you mean yeah it's <laughs> what are you talking about i'm not <laughs> it's because i still have my brain wired as a caveman and it sends us into fight or flight mode whenever our cortisone levels are get too high or something. Don't quote me on that. That's probably inaccurate. But I do know it has something to do with going back to the cave. All we know is we and, have no serotonin. And that we are in danger and that it our body is telling us that we need to get away from where so we're at. It's or like we're, we're telling them we're in danger. No, 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 I know, no. but I'm just like sound clipping. I'm thinking this one sound clip is going to be like, we are in danger. We have no serotonin. We are, <laughs> we are cavemen. But seriously, look that up. It, that's a real thing. Um, and one of my therapists that I've had previously had, had taught me that. And I was like, I really had no idea. That was something new to me that I didn't know that it's still something that we haven't evolved from. And some people deal with it and some people don't. And it's literally like your body's telling you that you're in danger. Like you're being hunted. Yeah. And you need to get out of wherever you're at. So it sends your body into an anxiety attack. Yeah. Impending doom. That's where that all came from. Yep. And that kind of leads into our wins. Like we kind of wanted to catch you up like we did, but we have a big list of wins and a few losses we took um, over the holidays. But I got to say, I think our wins are better. Um, She was just talking about therapy. We are now both therapized, (laughs) being therapized. Once again, don't quote us on that. Um, We both have therapists and we are super excited, but not just us. Charlie and Mason are both in therapy now. It took us a long time and we are super, (laughs) super happy about it. I just can't say that enough. How happy we are that both everybody in the house is, is, has got the therapy going on. (laughs) Um, I do feel like a win for us is that I feel like our daily chaos has turned or weekly chaos has turned more into like a weekly chaotic schedule you know what i mean yeah does that make sense it's a it's not so like it's 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 organized organized chaos (laughs) so that's progress hey we're going somewhere with that um molly's candles are fire Sorry, that was my little pun. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, Molly started making candles, and they are amazing. I think a few of y'all have actually commented on the one I posted on my story of, like, the 
body mold that like a lot of people love that one um but seriously she makes the coolest candles and we have them at the shop and wax melts and all these other things and you're gonna plug your business because i don't know the name oh sacred uh, sacred (laughs) no it's Ah. it's sapphire moon sapphire moon sapphire moon or sapphiremoon.etsy.com i'm pretty sure and you know there's other stuff on there too so check it out i'm gonna start um i'm actually gonna be adding some massage oils a little bit of skincare stuff um just a few more fun things here really soon i'm actually gonna make some beard oil here soon Mm. for for the menses i feel like i need to provide something for them I mean, the his candle you have is fire. Okay, it is. Okay, but a lot of women, very punny. A lot it of women so do good. like ma- male scented yeah. candles. I've, I've, from what I've heard. In yeah, this. I do. I do too. And then to switch over to my business, we have been doing really good at the shop lately. We did the um, Carolina wedding show uh, last weekend and got so many appointments booked for the upcoming months that i'm really excited um i feel like i don't talk about my business as much as i should on here so if anybody is wondering i do own a bridal store bridal gowns flower girl dresses mother of the bride all of that stuff um special occasion yeah formal dresses for any occasion and it's in clemens it's called english's bridal and it is my baby um other than my actual babies but me and my girls were honored by the Clemens, um, like the village of Clemens to light the annual Christmas tree this year in Clemens. And it was just a super amazingly sweet moment that we got to share um, and kind of light the tree in memory of Alan. And it was super special. And our families came out and a lot of Clemens came out and it meant a lot to us. I'm going to let Molly handle the losses. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm so um, sweet. Let's see. Uh, well, we've already talked the holidays being a struggle for us mentally. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I have a history of kidney stones. So I was in the hospital, you know, a month or two ago. Something I don't even. I have no conception of time. Me neither. Um. But Where yeah, are we? there's like three or four of them chilling up in there. But I didn't know that I had that many or that they were as big as they are. One of them's like thirteen millimeters. Th- thirteen mil- millimeters is my biggest one. Yeah, and um, so they're. I need to still get in touch with my doctor about getting that checked out. They're what, high up there, right? They, yeah, they. I mean, they could. They're basically time bombs waiting in my body. Like they could drop, or they could be in there for the rest of my life. Um, and I didn't even find out that I had that many until I ended up in the hospital for a completely different reason. I had a bladder infection, and they had to do a ct scan because i i had hemorrhaging with my <laughs> bladder infection and they're like um this might be a problem so they wanted to make sure i wasn't trying to pass a stone and it was just like stuck and not coming out or something and that wasn't the case so just that's how we that's how we learned about the uh, fabulous four in there um we got into a car accident it wasn't a bad one it just you know shook us up a little bit um car's okay we're okay yeah super frustrating dealing super with all the technical stuff yeah but... i finally have my north carolina driver's license now though fyi everybody mine finally says my name is <laughs> nina beck and you know yeah so we got everything um, worked out and 
we Wait. have insurance. <laughs> and, can't, and if anybody's wondering, we have insurance. Shout out to Danielle Waller. Thanks for that. Um, and just so you guys know, um, a middle lane is not for passing traffic. I just want you guys to know that, that a turning lane in the middle is not for a way to get around school traffic. It's for turning like we were doing. Yeah. I just want to, I just wanted to throw that out there. And then the last L is about my heart. I know I've kept y'all updated with my cardiomyopathy slash broken heart syndrome. Well, yay. Good news is that my, my broken heart syndrome is getting better and it's healing itself. The bad news is my heart rate is doing weird things and my heart and my heart valves apparently need like marriage counseling because they're not <laughs> communicating well. They haven't listened to this episode yet, so they um, they need to learn how to communicate better. But um, I get my heart monitor put on tomorrow. I'm going to go hold her hand and be her emotional support, Molly. So we will keep you guys updated. I'm sure I will do plenty of video updates and little like health updates because I know me wearing a heart monitor is just going to freak everybody out, <laughs> but I'm okay. Um, I just got to figure out why my heart rate keeps going so high, but my blood pressure stays so low. It's one of those things. I think I'm a real life vampire. I told Molly <laughs> and I'm going to tell you guys just so it's on public record. If I go missing, the CIA has me with the aliens. They do. They do. Definitely. Yeah, that's really, that's really all we've got for we you. We caught you up pretty well, I feel like, and um, we're happy to be back. We're super happy to be back. We're going to be back on our regular schedule. Yeah. Uh, back to regularly scheduled programming of weed content and slow jamming. Gross. Anyway. She says gross because it's Kanye. Shut the f She likes Kanye. Okay. Anyways. It's music. I clarified. I hope you guys enjoyed our second season episode one episode one of, of season two dead girls two. yeah i said it backwards it's okay it's still the like i'm just excited that like we're back and it's season two and we made it this far and yeah. we wouldn't have if it weren't for y'all so thanks guys thank you don't forget that you can subscribe to us we are so thankful for the people who have already subscribed to us we also have tiktok and instagram follow us if you don't already we love you guys love you and like we say stay, stay undead, undead.